Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And today we are going to be talking about different strategies to bring up weak body parts. And does being in a calorie deficit mean you are losing only body fat? It's a good question, right? So, all right, so let's get started. Armin, NSP Nutrition Show, here we are. We welcome everybody who's watching and listening to the show. We appreciate you. And uh, Armin, what made you talk about different strategies to bring up weak body parts? Like for myself, uh, most people have them. So it made mm -hmm. good, I thought, well, let's just talk about how we can help address that, uh, give some takeaways. Like for me currently, it's, uh, in my opinion, it's my legs, so quads mm -hmm. and calves and hamstrings and uh, my back. So I'm constantly focused on trying to bring those areas more into balance with the other parts of of my physique while still mm -hmm. keeping those parts uh at, at a high level so it's, right, it's always right. a, it's kind of a delicate balance to, to say the least uh, the first thing i thought of when you brought that up is i'm right-handed so my left arm has always been weaker than my right arm oh, yeah. and uh you know and i guess it's the same if you're left-handed so you know I, i'm not really sure but um all right so let's get to this what are some of the approaches that folks can do to improve their weaker body parts? Well, the things that I've found that have, have worked pretty well is first and foremost, you need to be focused on those body parts. And so you need okay. to make them a priority in your training. So when I say focused and priority, that just basically means you give them your full attention because mm -hmm. uh, you, and you may enjoy doing them and you may not like leg and back day are kind of tough for me. So, I don't mm -hmm. always enjoy them, but what I make sure I'm doing is I'm getting them a lot of attention. I'm trying different things to see if they'll activate more muscle tissue and get a different feel. So right, right. focus training is really important. Uh, and then you can do a frequency strategy. And now these you don't want to do for too long. So, uh, but they, they can help. So that would basically mean training that lagging muscle group two or three times per week. Uh, mm -hmm. That can really challenge the the, the uh, central nervous system and cause some good ad adaptation and kind of shock the muscles. But it's not mm -hmm. something that you can do ongoing. I've done that, uh, and then you still flatline. So, but you right, get some, right. you can get some decent results, but the two to three times per week. Okay. All Another right. One, well, yeah. Go oh, ahead. Okay. Sure. No. 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 I was just actually when you say two or three times a week, are you talking on the same type of muscle groups, or do you switch things up? Yeah, good, good clarification. Well, okay. So what I'm talking about is like you know training your back three times a week. Okay, uh, which, okay. which can be kind of rough. So right, you have right. to you have to kind of adjust your your training when you're doing that. But that can help give it a lot of stimulation for a period of time to really get things. You know, you're going to get somewhat overtrained to some degree, and then right. when you take a break, then that'll heal up and you can get back at it. So. What ends up happening is you may get a little weaker as you're hitting it a lot more often. So you need to kind of keep that in mind. So hopefully that okay. kind of gives some people some ideas on that. 
Okay. And uh, another one would be like rep schemes. You know, you have different rep schemes that can help stimulate. Um, you know, I, I talk about the ones I like, but there's other strategies you can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, super, super sets, you know, go from one exercise to another. Right. It's great, great technique. Tri-sets, that's doing three exercises without any rest. So that's a great shocking tool. Giant sets, which are, those are pretty intense, but very effective. And mm-hmm. then drop sets, you know, just to kind of name some of the ones that I like using. But those are different ways that uh, you can have a training approach to tackle that uh, area that's not developing as well as you would like. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about some of these. Uh, you know, when you started, you mentioned the focus training. Uh, you know, so what's that all about? So again, with being focused and making that muscle group a priority, you want to make sure mm-hmm. you're fresh when you train that muscle group. So like for me, I train my legs the first day of the week because I'm coming right. off the weekend. I'm pretty well rested. I've got enough energy that, you know, from eating that I'm really fresh. So, mm-hmm. but if I train my legs after doing my back and chest and then train my legs, there's a good chance I'm going to be you know, kind of sore and fatigued and not feeling it as well versus if I do it at the beginning of the week. So that's what I call being focused training. And hmm, that okay. way you're, you're really fresh and you can just tackle that muscle with all the energy you got. Now, the next day, I'm going to be pretty tired, but I still have enough energy to train my chest and triceps or my back, depending on, you know, what order you're going to do them in the next day. But, it, it, you know, I can perk up enough to do that because it's a smaller muscle group in this particular case. Gotcha. Uh, Another thing you want to do with focus training is you don't want to miss any days of your training. So if for some reason you couldn't train a day and you feel like you're not going to get that muscle group worked as well, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that if you're going to, then that's the time where you may want to skip one of your more uh, well-developed muscle groups to make sure you're getting some more energy. So that's one way. Or if you were sick for a period of time, uh, say two or three days and you're going to get back at it, then again, I would prioritize or focus on that weak muscle group when you come back, mm-hmm. because again, you're going to have that good energy. You're going to be fresh. So that's just gotcha. one of the key things I find that, that worked well for me. Okay. Well, that's focus training. Uh, what about frequency training? How does that work? All right. So like we talked about quick, just kind of briefly, um, you're going to train the muscle group a minimum two times a week. Okay. Up to three times a week. And you can kind of alternate that kind of stuff. And what you're doing here is just hitting it more often to tax the system and to break the muscle down further. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, this, and again, that's just going to depend on how much time you spend training. Again, if you're right, staying in right. that 45-minute window, then you should be fine. Uh, and I've done it, and you know, you, you really start to feel it when you do that the third time during the week. So mm-hmm. you have to watch your recovery. So that's another key element to that. Uh, and typically, you really don't want to do that for longer than like two to six weeks. Okay. And you, you, okay. You've got to give your body a break. And even six weeks, I think, to me personally, would be too long. I mean, four weeks would be more more than enough. But um, I typically only do like two weeks to maybe three. But some people, they have a better recovery and they like it. So um, that would be the target. And after six weeks, you'll cut it back. And I think what you'll see have happen is your strength will jump back up again. And you're, you're going to be feeling your muscles more, too, because you've been hitting it from so many angles. 
Interesting. All right. Well, you know, Armin, you mentioned rep schemes. Uh, Some of the folks who are either watching, listening may not understand what those are. So tell us what you mean by rep schemes. So with rep schemes, you can do a shocking strategy. Uh, and I've done these and they're very effective. So mm-hmm. uh, what that means is you do like 50 to 100 reps on one set. And okay. that is extremely grueling. Like I, uh, I started with squats because I was trying to figure out how to do oh. my legs to jumpstart. <laughs> so I started with the bar and I only got like 50 or 60 reps. And then I was toast um, for that, that set. But I was able to work up to 135 pounds for 100 right, reps. Right. And that's absolute torture. But the next day, I could feel every every part of my leg from insertion all the way around. So mm-hmm. uh, you can't do it very often. The biggest reason is because it mentally is scary. Right, you know, right. You, you know how hard it is to do it. But just doing those kind of rep schemes for any, any body part, uh, it's very challenging. Now, it's... If you're doing upper body like arms or something, then mm-hmm. I'd probably stay in the 50 rep range. It's just that the legs are such a large muscle group in the back. I like doing it for back too. Like I'll do pull downs for like 100 reps or rows for 100 reps. And you're not going to go real heavy. You end up having to work up to it, but it really shocks the system. Wow. Wow. That, that's uh, pretty intense. And on, you know, with leg days are already hard enough. So you start doing yeah. that, you better be ready for it, right? <laughs> Well, it, it, they're talking about the mental game because there's yeah. a lot of mental. There's a lot of mental game that goes with weight training because you have to deal with the, the the uncomfortableness, the you know the stress, the pain, the burn, that kind of thing. So another technique when it comes to rep schemes that I found works really well is if if I want to do a leg press or a squat and I uh, I want to get 20 reps, mm-hmm. I know that if I do them piece by piece, it's going to take a while. So what I like to do, which I think is a really, really good way to train is do continuous tension. So I don't really pause at the top. I just keep moving up and down, like on a squat or leg press, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Just use, using that as an example. Right. So I'll, right. Use, I'll use as heavy a weight as I can. And I'll try to squeeze out 10 reps nonstop. And by that time, I'm getting out of air. You know, I need to get right. some air. So then I'll pause and do a slight static hold, just holding the weight so I get some more air. And then I'm going to try and squeeze out five more reps nonstop, just boom, boom, boom. And then I'm going to be, I'm getting really fatigued. The legs are really getting loaded with blood. Then I'm going to pause again, catch my breath, reload some more oxygen. And I'll try to squeeze out three more. And then, you know, again, I'm getting close where it's getting really, really nerve wracking. Then I'll pause and then I'll just go squeeze out two. So by doing Mm -hmm. that, I'll get all 20 reps in, but I'm doing it in a kind of a paced fashion so that, uh, normally you would stop at 10 with heavy weight. Well, mm-hmm. this is how I push myself a little bit more to really get the, the most out of it. And that's just another example of you know ways you can uh, kind of force yourself to get a few more reps. Right, right. Well, I'm sure a lot of folks in the audience uh, who are listening to you, you know, to hear the things that you've done, you know, I mean, you've been doing it for a long time, but some people may not understand supersets or trisets or giant sets. So can you go into a little bit more detail so they know exactly what you're talking about? Yeah. And these are just, again, there are other high intensity techniques to really challenge the body to deal with the stress. And so Mm -hmm. um, what you're basically doing here is you're, 
shocking the muscles just by jacking up the intensity. So when I do supersets, I like to do like pre-exhaust supersets. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. But like, mm -hmm. for example, for my back, if I want to make it uh, pre-exhausted, I like to do pullovers. After I've warmed up, I'll do pullovers to failure, whether it's dumbbell or, or cables. Right. And I'll go, then I'll go right to pull downs. And so, you know, but because I've worked that area pr prior, now I'm going to further fatigue it because I'm going from one exercise to the other without any rest. Another example would be if I'm doing leg extensions, this is an isolation exercise to pre-exhaust my quads. And then mm -hmm. I go right to squat, doing squats or sissy squats or leg press. That really will challenge the system. So those are kind of a couple of examples, but that's a pre-exhaust strategy with supersets. You know, other supersets you could do is just go from one exercise to the next. So mm -hmm. you could do like pull downs and then go to rows or you go rows to pull downs. Those are good combinations to because you're hitting different areas. So that's another example there. Hmm. Now, the triceps is basically is three different exercises. And so like what I like to do there, like for back, as an example, I will do, you know, a row movement, which is, you know, yeah, you use, typically use heavy weight and you're really focused on it. Then after no rest, I'll go right to doing pullovers to isolate my lats. And then after I get done with that going to failure, then I'll go to pull downs okay. and, go and do that to failure. And by that time, you know, you've really pushed a lot of blood into the whole entire area, but mm -hmm. you've also hit different aspects of the back. And that's a really challenging way to go. And I'll do a couple sets, a couple rounds of that, and then move, maybe do some other combinations. But I find that's really effective. And then um, on giant sets, that's just taking it a step further. And I really enjoy giant sets. The problem with with the, the tri sets and the giant sets is if the gym is busy, it's kind of tough. So right, that's the thing. Right. If you don't have that, then I would do giant sets. And if you have your own gym and you got plenty of equipment, then you just want to put four exercises together and then do them one after the other without any rest. And you can mm -hmm. even do more than that. You can do, I've done up to eight exercises nonstop because when I have my own gym. You know, I, I've trained during the day when, you know, really nobody in there. Right. You can do these kind of things. It is very demanding. I mean, it will wake up that weak body part big time. So <laughs> an example of a giant set would be, you know, I'll do a road movement, then I'll do the pullover, then I'll do the lat pull or pull-ups and then go back to another uh, row movement at the mm -hmm. end that's maybe a machine and then take a break. So, and there's different ways you can combine these. I'm just giving them, you know, uh, an idea on that. <laughs> right, right. You know, Armin, you mentioned drop sets. How do you go about those? Now, drop sets are real easy. They're just hard mm -hmm. as hell though too. So when I do <laughs> drop sets, I typically like to do them on machines uh, the, the biggest reason for that is because I just have to move the pin. So what you do, you pick as heavy weight as you can for your target rep scheme. So if I'm doing back, then I'm going to you know try to get at least eight to 12 reps. And then as soon as I get done, I'm going to break, move the pin down another, depending on how much weight you're using, another 20% or like maybe say 30 pound drop. And then I'm going to lighten it up. So in other words, if I use hundred pounds. Now I'm going to go to 70 pounds and I'm going to go again, right. no rest, just keep going. And then at, when I can't do the movement properly without good form, then I'm going to rest for a second, drop the, and move the pin 
to the uh, 40 pounds and then keep going. And that you'll end up getting a lot of reps mm-hmm. on the last set. But by that time, the muscle's so engorged that you're still getting plenty out of it. So these are great techniques to really tax the muscle and to really push it beyond its normal normal limits uh, if you're if, if you're going to do them. But you know, machines are great for that. You can also do them with dumbbells, and you can also use you know barbells and other things like that for your back. As an example, I'm using the one thing about drop sets for legs is you get out of oxygen, so that was mm-hmm. a little tougher. So I like the right, drop right. sets with a you know like a leg extension or um, you know something that you know doesn't get you so far out of breath. Uh, leg curls or the hamstrings, I like doing drop sets for that. The, you know, and then calves, those are just phenomenal exercises for those areas. Interesting. All right, good stuff, Armin. Um, for those people that know about Vince Garanda and follow his techniques or have you know done a lot of things that he does, what about the things that Vince have done, the six by six, eight by eight, or 10 by 10. Yeah, those are great regimens as well. So you're going to pick a weight that, you know, normally like on a six by six, you're going to pick a weight. You'd probably get 10 to 12 reps with. Okay. Okay. But you would go to, you kind of go to failure on that. And so you're going to stick with that weight and you're going to go six reps and you're going to rest. Now the rest periods for Vince would be 15 to 30 seconds, typically no more than that. And then you go again. So it's kind of like a cluster set in a way. There's another thing it could be called. But okay. you're gonna keep you're gonna do six sets of that particular exercise for six reps. So six sets of six is how that works. Uh, very effective. You can use really heavy weight, but also gonna tax the system. It's a great mm-hmm. system. The eight by eight, that's even more challenging. Uh, great program there. And again, you pick the exercise that you're weak on. And then the 10 by 10 is just taken at the whole nother level. And oh, I bet. Vince, yeah. Vince would do some of that with his movie star actors. If he felt like they had a really weak muscle group, he would actually have them do a 10 by 10 for that particular muscle group, but just one exercise. And then the next time he would train them, he'd have them do a different exercise. So <clears throat> it's hmm. good to change up those exercises when you're doing a six by six, eight by eight, 10 by 10. You want to pick an area that uh, you're trying to, to bring up and, and develop. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Okay, so after all this hard work, you're going to want some good recovery. How do you approach recovery with all of this, Armin? So one way to kind of gauge recovery is if you're being able to get stronger each training session. Now, it doesn't have to be a lot, but that just means you've gotten good recovery. So the Mm -hmm. way I like to do it is I like to see how many reps I got with that particular exercise the last time and then see if I can push it a little bit more, maybe squeeze out another rep or two. Mm-hmm. So like on a, like, for example, on a six by six, you know, in that last set, you know, you want to barely be able to get six reps on that last set. So what you're going to notice is around set number four, number five is you're barely getting six. Right. You go to right. Set number six, you're just squeezing it out. So same type of concept. So next time you come, you're going to do that particular exercise in that training, you want to feel even stronger so that, Okay, you didn't feel as bad when you got to that fifth set, and then when you got to the sixth set, you could actually do even more than six reps. That just means mm-hmm. your, your strength is is jumped, and that's with the short rest intervals. So that's what I really like to do is to to gauge my recovery based on that. So I'm either going to get additional reps, or once I rep, reach my rep threshold, I'm going to add add weight and stay heavier. And I don't mm-hmm. go back down. I'm going to stick with that weight. I'm not going to go back down. So. Um, and then when it comes to recovery, key things to be really aware of 
outside of your nutrition is your sleep. Sleep is critical because that's when all the repair work's being done. So if you have the capacity to, to track your REM and deep sleep, uh, I would I would do that. You, you could do that now with some of the new technology. Uh, I use an aura ring for that to track my deep sleep and my REM sleep. Mm-hmm. And that kind of gives me a good idea. <clears throat> and I can tell a difference when I get good readings. I'm mm-hmm. good and uh, I'm, I'm good and strong when I go in. So that's another hmm. technique to do there. Interesting. Interesting. An aura ring. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, all, all those sound like some great ideas, Armin. Is there anything else that our listeners uh, or the folks actually watching should keep in mind? Yeah, to get you know, to get the best results, like Vince would say, it's 85% nutrition. So nutrition and supplementation, you got to do that along with your sleep so that you get that weak body part, the, the right amount of nutrition so it can adapt and, and get stronger and bigger the way you want to. So, you know, when it comes to nutrition, there's different mm-hmm. strategies. You know, Vince has a lot of different ones. I like to do a carb cycling strategy just because I have, you know, time, my, nu- nu- my nutritional intake. Uh, and it, it tends to work well for me. But the key thing is make sure you get plenty of protein and fats. That's what builds muscle, pure and simple. For our supplementation, you know, good multivitamin, fish oil, protein powder, uh, you know, depending on, you know, beta alanine is a good good help uh, as mm-hmm. far as the supplement to take. Uh, you know, beef liver capsules, amino acids, those can all help with improving the recuperation recovery process so mm-hmm. you kind of have to juggle what you feel work for you or you know get with somebody that's got some experience in it uh but that will help make sure you're getting that weak body part up to where you want it as it again a lot of great information armin and you know what uh if you're looking for that extra protein i'll tell you what the milk and egg protein that nsp yeah. offers is phenomenal and yeah. hey armin i took your advice i uh added a little half and half with water. Uh, I'm I, now I'm dropping in anywhere from two to four eggs in the morning, along with about a banana. I throw that in there, put my protein powder, and not only is it thicker, uh, but it, it's a lot more filling. And I oh, feel yeah. like I ate a full breakfast, man. I, I don't eat till like around one o'clock now. Uh, yeah. Even if I'm not even hungry, sometimes I wait longer. So. That, that worked out great. So appreciate that uh, advice. You know, it was great stuff. It worked. And yes, yes. All right. So don't forget to check out nspnutrition.com. We've got a lot of new workout gear uh, on the website, and it's quality workout gear. So check it out. Yeah, but, it we're um, you know, Armin and I, we've got another part of the show here for you. So stand by for that, and Armin and I will be right back. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And let's start with, does being in a calorie deficit mean you are losing only body fat? You know, a lot of people want to lose that body fat. And uh, this topic, Armin, sounds a little controversial, maybe. So is that the case? Uh, It'll be a lot of opinions on this, I'm (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Right, right. So, but... uh, yeah, well, I've done 
calorie deficit a lot of different ways. And right. when you start doing research on how all the nutrition works and how insulin works and things like that, you know, calories in and calories out doesn't mean you're burning all body fat. And if you right, think right. that, then I suggest you do some more research because that's not, <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so Armin, if someone is in a calorie deficit, they may or may not be burning fat, right? Yeah. Now, one of the key factors on this, and there'll you know maybe some debate on debate on this, but it's a fact. Mm -hmm. um, if your insulin is up because you're eating carbohydrates throughout the day, like in the, in the breakfast or whatever, right? Uh, you're not going to burn any body fat because uh, it just doesn't happen that way. You know, mm -hmm. fat doesn't kick in when insulin's working because insulin is using the carbs and the sugars for your day to day energy. So what that means is you've got to switch out how you burn energy if you truly want to burn body fat through a calorie deficit. And there's the big change up. Right. And then right. There's certain things you got to do when you when you switch over to make it work for you uh, long term. But yeah, people don't understand. And here's what happens. Okay. I'll give you an example. When you go to bed and that insulin level drops, the bot the body is going to go into a fat burning zone because the hormones secrete and they need cholesterol to rebuild cells. So you're burning fat throughout the night because insulin's dropped. That's the energy system that the body wants to use to help rebuild cells, help the hormones. Mm -hmm. When you wake up, that process is still going on. So you're still going to be burning fat when you wake up. Now, if you do the typical American diet and you're going to have a bowl of cereal or you're going to have a bunch of carbs, oatmeal, which everybody, mm -hmm. I don't know how many people think that you got to have oatmeal in the morning with, with some eggs, et cetera. As soon as you get five grams or more carbohydrates at that point, insulin has to come up to process the carbohydrates. So once that happens, you officially shut off the fat burning process because insulin's working to process your carbohydrates. And that's what you're going to use for the quick energy that the body's going to do. So, when you minimize your carbohydrate intake throughout the day, you're going to continue to burn fat. So if mm -hmm. you're in a calorie deficit and you're in a calorie deficit, now you're going to be burning more fat than anything else. Versus if you have the insulin floating around, what can happen is once you're running low on uh, glucose, because mm -hmm. that's what's stored in the muscles, then the insulin can cause you to go into gluconeogenesis. And when that happens, that's going to cause you to convert the muscle tissue to amino acids to glucose. So now mm -hmm. you're actually burning muscle tissue. Not a good thing. And we're going right. to have to elaborate more on that as well. Okay. So here's the big question. If you're not burning fat, I mean, then what are you losing if you're not burning fat? So when you go into calorie deficit, you know, the body's going through the, the processes of dealing with the energy. And so you're going to lose water weight because that's going to get flush. But that goes mm -hmm. for any kind of diet you're doing. You're going to have some water weight. Okay. Uh, but typically, what you're burning is this excess carbs. So you're going to burn those excess carbs off, which that's okay, you know, good. Uh, but you have to burn those off enough to cause the insulin to come down and stay down. But it, it say it's four hours into it or five hours right. into it, you're probably going to be hungry. You're going to need some more food for energy, right? So the insulin is going to stay elevated. So that's what happens. Uh, you know, insulin keeps getting in the way. And what people need to realize is insulin is a fat storage hormone. Mm -hmm. So when you're eating carbohydrates, especially too many of them, 
and your muscles and liver are full of glucose, which is what it converts to, mm -hmm. then there's no place for those carbs and sugars to go because the muscles and the liver are full. So insulin says, okay, no problem. We're going to stick them here in the fat cell. We'll come back, get them later if we ever need them. Mm -hmm. That's what happens. So wow. you're burning muscle tissue, you're burning, you're dropping water, and you're burning excess mm -hmm. carbohydrates. You're not really burning much fat. If gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Armin, how does insulin affect fat loss then? So when you keep the insulin down, the good news is, is the body has to convert over how it wants to use energy. So that's mm -hmm. when it starts using ketones, which are secreted from the fat cells, and that's what you're going to use for energy, which is a okay. great thing, because now you're going to start using that. Uh, and so you're going to be burning it all day long. And if you're in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose some some body fat, which is great. And you'll notice mm -hmm. that because your, your skin gets tighter, you feel tighter in your abdominals. It, you know, it's great uh, side effects to that. But that's what Vince knew. Vince knew if you want to lose body fat, you got to mm -hmm. get insulin out of the way. And that's why he had a, a zero. He did a zero carb diet. You know, so once you got depleted, then every three or four days, he'd have you do a carb load meal, just one mm -hmm. carb load meal, because he okay. wants you to burn as much fat as possible. So that's when insulin would only come in is when he'd have you do that one carb meal. And he used high glycemic carbs, which was brilliant because that mm -hmm. jacked up the insulin, which helps to push the nutrients into the cells really rapidly to restore the muscles in the liver. And then the insulin drops right back down, you're back to fat burning. Gotcha. Is this why Vince was adamant about minimal carbs for getting lean? Exactly. So you know, again, like we talked about, you know, Vince knew you had to be in a calorie deficit, but mm -hmm. if you got insulin in the way, that wasn't going to happen. And he figured all this out a long time ago, but he also would say, this is not a long-term diet. This is not a diet you're going to stay on the rest of your life. So that's another thing we need to make sure we're highlighting. But if you want to lose, if you want to lose body fat, and you want to be in your in a calorie deficit, this will work. It'll get you the best results. And that's, and, but he also knew right. that you did have to do some carbohydrates along the way because mm -hmm. you do need carbohydrates for energy. Well, you know, Armin, there's a lot of nutrition gurus out there and all they talk about is calories. Why do they do that? Well, that's because of how they're schooled, it'd be my opinion. I mean, I felt the same way. I was through mm -hmm. all this, you know, calories in, calories out. But when I started doing the calories in, calories out, I felt and saw the muscle loss, which was very frustrating. And I, I don't and I don't recommend it to anybody. But yes, you'll lose weight. That's why they always talk about weight loss. It's not called fat loss. It's called weight loss because that's the safe term to use. Mm -hmm. And that's really the huge differentiator here. You know, when you're talking about losing body fat, which is a more longer term strategy, versus weight loss, which is temporary because you're losing water weight, you're losing excess carbohydrates, and then you maybe burn some muscle tissue, but you did drop some right. weight. So right. you, the assumption is, oh, well, I'm burning fat. Well, no, that's not how it works. And anybody wants to debate that, you know, bring it on. So bring it on. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, you know, I, I have yeah. to deal this with people all the time. And it, it it's really a joke when they, they act like it's all about calories and calories out. You do have well, to have a calorie balance. Yeah. I get that. So go ahead. Well, I've heard you say, Armin, many times, you know, if you have a thousand calories of organic grass fed beef and a thousand calories of potato chips, which one's better for you? Right. Exactly. So it, it can't be calories in calories out when it comes to eating food in that differentiator. I mean, it just 
It just doesn't add up that way. So there's a lot of diets out there. Is keto the way to go then? What do you think? Well, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother factor. So again, mm -hmm. nutrient, I feel nutrient timing is the best way to go. And that's why I like carb cycling. Um, you know, and again, with that being said, when Vince did his, his maximum definition diet and then his steak and eggs diet, that was only for a period of time to get really lean. That could be from, uh, you know, typically six weeks to 12 weeks and then no more. He doesn't want you staying on that because you're going to deplete the body of other nutrients over time mm -hmm. and it affects your gut microbiome because you need to right, have some right. other, other you know, carbohydrates to help keep that functioning well. Mm -hmm. So he, he was way ahead of his time on it. Um, but you know, again, it's not, this is not something you want to do long-term, but it, if you're in a calorie deficit and you're doing it this way, you'll get really good results. So if the keto isn't the way to go, you're actually saying that carb cycling is the way to go for long-term results and good fat loss, right? That's my opinion based on my okay. experience. So what mm -hmm. that means is I do low carb throughout the day. And then after I train, I'm going to have a few carbohydrates to, you know, high glycemic carbohydrates to jump my insulin up to help push the nutrients into the cells. Then it's mm -hmm. going to drop right back down. And then now I train in the morning. So I only have about 15 to 20 grams of carbohydrate to do this process with, because that's all I need. And then the insulin drops right back down. So then I'm back to fat burning. But on my last meal in the evening, if I'm going to be training real hard the next day, I'll carb load in the evening to get another insulin spike, which will help jack up my serotonin levels because mm -hmm. I'll get more carbohydrates then, which converts to melatonin and give me a really good night's sleep. But sometimes I may not have any additional carbohydrates because I'm trying to lean out more. This is the easiest way I've found to maintain a six pack all year round and stay mm -hmm. in really good condition and have great strength. So that's my kind of go-to approach. And, and you're talking through Christmas, through birthday parties, through oh, celebrations, yeah. through all yeah. that. You, you, you've done it. You've been there, done that, right? Well, I enjoy myself during Christmas and Thanksgiving <laughs> and, and, and whatever. I, I have a good right. time. I, I don't sweat it because you know, all year round, it's, it's, it's made, it's being maintained with what I do. So, right, and I don't, right. you know, I'm no saint when, when, with certain foods, but I don't eat, I don't like processed food. I have right, like, right. like, but I'm going to have a nice slice of cheesecake or carrot cake or cobbler or, you know, some pasta if I want to right, and right. Bread, breads and things because I'm nutrient timing when I'm going to use it. So I work it to my favor. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So just to confirm, you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat, but do right. it in a way that it doesn't burn muscle. Correct. <clears throat> so okay. what people need to understand is when you're in a calorie deficit and you have elevated insulin, you're subject to potentially losing muscle tissue because it gets converted over when you get mm -hmm. low on your, on your glucose levels. Right. Right. That's the thing about, and that's what Vince learned when you, when you have fats, fats spare muscle because you never really run out of fat. So you don't need to tap into your muscle stores to convert the energy to glucose. You still mm -hmm. need to have some periodic uh, reloads of um, glucose to the muscles, but that's what mm -hmm. he had you take, take in some carbs every three or four days to help restore it. And that helped keep your pump up, help keep your energy up. And he nailed it on the head. He understood how insulin worked. Well, some great information, Armin. As we wrap this up, uh, any other final thoughts that you want to add here to the end of the segment? Yeah, in my opinion, 
you really need to question what you read and see in the media. I mean, I know I'm in the media as well, but just doing you know, calories in and calories out in a deficit, uh, it causes a lot of confusion. Uh, yeah, you will lose some weight, but mm -hmm. I don't think that's what you're actually looking to do. I don't want to lose muscle weight. You know, it's too hard to put on. So right, right. my focus is to stay focused. My focus is to be with, how do I lose body fat and keep it off? And that way I can maintain the look I want and stay healthy. Big difference there. Absolutely. Well, Armin, as always, great information. Thanks so much, man. Well, no problem. And uh, look, look forward to it again next week. Again, guys, if you have ideas or thoughts or things, other topics, or have questions about this one, because it, it's a kind of a hot one, uh, let us know, and uh, we can answer this for you. And we appreciate you following and watching. So share with other people that you feel would benefit from it as well. Absolutely. And if you want to integrate yourself into the show, you want to offer some advice, some input, uh, you have a topic or suggestion, as Armin said, you can email the show support at nspnutrition.com we will get that info and you know who knows your topic could be the next one for next week's yeah. show also right there on youtube leave a comment armin goes on there and takes a look uh he'll reply to you right there on youtube right armin yeah i'm not, I'm not always super quick but i do get to it so hang tough <laughs> all right well don't forget to check out nspnutrition.com for your supplement order for this yeah. week and thanks again for joining us and check back next week for a new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP Show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP Show at the checkout. Catch you next time.